most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain, 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are America, one voice, united we stand. Saving the greatest country in the world is not a short-term proposition, folks. We can save this great nation, but it's going to take all of us. Why? Because we are America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts because we want you to be better informed to help make this a better USA. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. How are you? Hey, Herman. How are you today? Very good. Um, Jeb Bush's poll numbers in the latest poll continue to fall. Two polls, yes, down at 4% yesterday. One, the Fox poll, one, the Quinnipiac poll. And so, you know, trends, again, Herman, two polls may not make a trend, but it certainly makes you sit up and say, well, wait a second, especially when you look at the numbers over the last, say, five, six weeks or so of the various national polls. I mean, I've got, let's see, the last four, nine polls up here on my screen. Uh, starting back in mid-October, Bush at 875, 876, 844. So you can see there's a range there that's not the greatest sounding, whereas uh, Ben Carson and Donald Trump are both up in the 20s, again, sort of interchangeably. And then it's obvious that Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz have established themselves in the number two block behind Carson and Trump. Uh, But Bush, if he's really down that far, then he's down with Fiorina, with Rand Paul, with Kasich and Huckabee and Christie. Now, we'll find out later today from the Wall Street Journal and the Fox Business Network as to who is going to be on the main stage next week uh, in on Tuesday's debate in Milwaukee. This is one thing that's driving the Republicans nuts is that they know what they have to get in the polls in order to be there, but Fox Business has not said which polls they're using, Herman. Right. So I, I ran a spreadsheet last night and put, and put down a bunch of the recent polls, and depending on which polls you choose... I do think there is a chance that uh, you could see maybe Chris Christie booted down to the kids' table debate, and maybe even depending on the polls, Mike Huckabee as well. We'll have to see what happens. And depending on which polls are are used by Fox for next week's debate, Bobby Jindal might not be there. Lindsey Graham might not be there. And I think George Pataki will not be there, definitely. So could be a different scenario and fewer Republicans when we get together for the next debate on Tuesday in Milwaukee. But we'll have to wait and see what the announcement is later today. But for the the smaller table, you have to register at least 1%, right? Yeah, and that's the thing is that, for example, Bobby Jindal only has uh, one poll recently where he registered, and that's not what I would call a major poll. Um, And then Lindsey Graham, for example, he has one poll, but what if what if they don't use that CBS poll? Yeah, so uh, there's you know they're talking about four major polls. Well, I don't know if that means they'll use they'll certainly use Fox. We know that, but will they use NBC and CBS, Monmouth, ABC? IBD tip, you know, you just don't know what they're going right. to do. And 
that makes it sort of frustrating, not only as a candidate, I'm sure, but uh, for reporters as well, just trying to figure out who's going to be there. So we'll find that out later today. I mean, you're supposed to get at least two and a half percent average in those four polls. Well, I can find four here, very recent ones, where uh, Governor Christie is at 2.25. That would make it. Uh, where Huckabee is also at 2.25. I do think that Rand Paul will barely survive and get on there. It looks like he's going to be right on the number at 2.5%. Yeah. Uh, now, the 2.5%, was that number established by the by R- Fox Business By News. Fox Business, yeah. which is it very had, similar to what somebody else, what they did for the other debates. Yeah, it had been three, but they said if you were at 25 right, you'd get rounded round up. up. And, and nobody really was at that point. But we, what we have seen in the last couple of weeks is, uh, for example, you, you talk about trends. Fiorina has gone way down in the polls. Um, we haven't seen any jump from sort of the bottom uh, four of Paul and Kasich and Huckabee and Christie. And they've been in the twos and threes and fours and even the ones. So, uh, the, you know, as the numbers have gone down from Bush and Fiorina, it looks to me like those numbers have been maybe reallocated toward Rubio and Cruz. Could Bush not make the big stage? No. No, okay. he, he has no problem at He's all. He's got enough to at least do that. Yeah, I mean, in the in, yeah. the in the several different iterations that I ran, there's one where he's at five and a half, and here's another one where he's at six average. So he has no problem with that at all. Well, he might be on the end, though. If the, uh, it's yeah. possible he could be out on the wings. Yes, you're absolutely correct. He certainly will not be standing uh, right alongside of Donald Trump or Ben Carson, I wouldn't think, at this point in time. But we'll see. Like you said, we've got to look at the trends. And the trends are not looking good for Bush, and some of the others aren't getting any traction. That is a trend that we have constantly seen. Yeah, and this is the what this debate after this one, Herman. We don't have another debate for let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, five weeks. So that's a pretty lengthy, uh, uh, you know, amount of time with uh, the Thanksgiving break in there as well. So you're starting to get to that point where you really need to put a move on it. And and a story that I'll have for you tomorrow that I've been working on uh, the last couple of days uh, really speaks to the organization, or shall we say, lack thereof for some of these candidates in uh, one state where you have to get your delegates together and get them slated early, as in now. And uh, with a deadline coming up, I'll fill you in on it tomorrow, but it's really interesting because it shows you, I think, who is ready and who is not. Right. Very interesting. We will keep our eyes on the, the next debate. You're talking about the next Republican debate coming up in about five weeks. After yeah, that's the one December the 15th out in Vegas right. is the next one. It'll be a CNN one after the one on Tuesday. The Democrats have a debate on um, not this Saturday, but a week from Saturday on the 14th in Des Moines. And then they have another one the Saturday before Christmas in Manchester, New Hampshire. Yeah, let's do a debate on Saturday, football day. Okay. Yeah, right before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess, you know, I was joking with a buddy of mine who's got to go up and cover it. Uh, I said, well, you can get your correspondent out there. You can do you can go to the mall and interview people for a holiday story. You can do a political story. You can do a a Christmas travel story all in one up in Manchester, New Hampshire. Now, for the Democrat debate, O'Malley is still in and you got Bernie and Hillary. Yep. So you only have those three. Well, okay. And And when you look at the polling, you know, again, we'll talk trends. When you look at the polling on the Democratic side and you think, okay, well, Maybe O'Malley starts to get a little traction now or something like that. And, and you look at the numbers. Here's the numbers for the last bunch of polls for O'Malley. Two, zero, two, one, zero, one, zero, one. So yeah. he just doesn't seem. But Hillary's numbers have only gone up. Her average now in the real clear politics is a lead of 22% nationally. 
Very interesting. You said there's a little gridlock in Congress and a little progress in Congress? Yeah, a little what progress. For example, just a few minutes ago, uh, the House approved a reworked uh, defense bill that uh, had been vetoed by the president. Now that they've got this budget deal, they've changed the top line number, made a few changes. They still have included language in there, which would basically say to the president, yeah, no, you're not closing down the Guantanamo Bay terrorism detainee jail anytime soon. It has language in there that bans the transfer of any of those uh, uh, detainees to U.S. jails. Yesterday, though, the White House made very clear, I thought, Herman, that uh, the president is going to use any powers he has in terms of executive actions to do that. And I don't think that anybody should rule out the possibility of him trying to do exactly that in the final days of his presidency. This was one of his major pledges when he started running in 2007, and certainly he's been frustrated by what is a bipartisan majority that does not want those detainees shifted to the United States. For example, the vote in favor of this defense bill today, I think there were 370 yes votes. That's way more than the number that would be needed to override a presidential veto. Also, in the last few minutes, we have just had a vote to approve uh, a highway bill in the House of Representatives that also includes language that would reauthorize the Export-Import Bank. Uh, That was passed uh, by a very large majority as well in both parties. So moving forward on certain things there, but in the Senate today, a vote going on right now as we speak, I think the Democrats are going to use their filibuster to block a defense budget bill for the military for next year. They evidently, Herman, even though we've had the this deal struck on the budget, you know, that was approved last week, right. uh, the, the Democrats only want to have all of the spending bills lumped together in one giant omnibus funding bill, you know, which, of course, that, that aggravates a lot of the Republicans. They don't want to do it that way. So the Democrats evidently are going to filibuster again another budget bill for next year. I don't understand if they came up with some sort of quote-unquote agreement, what are they now doing? Getting to the specifics. you got to get to the details. Yeah, exactly. We can have the top line. What, what they basically said, think of it this way, Herman. I've told you, hey, Herman, your budget for next year is $10,000. And now you've got to figure out how you're going to spend that money. I see. So that, that what they've done is they've said the overall uh, d- a discretionary budget for next year, I forget, is it $1.070 trillion, something like that. And so now everybody knows exactly how much can be spent on defense and exact- exactly how much can be spent on non-defense programs, and now they've got to go and negotiate. I would bet that just downstairs for me, on both the House and the Senate side of the Capitol, that they've pretty much got about 90% of that bill already written on somebody's computer in the appropriations committees and they they've got a dicker over the last 10 percent and that's a lot of the tough things it'll be the policy riders you know i'm sure the republicans will win some of those but the administration for example will never agree to ban money for planned parenthood so speaker ryan's going to have to figure out how he's going to finesse that and not have a government shutdown in December. So a number of things still out there, but I, I, I still think we'll have one, oh, my God, we're going to shut down the government-type moment, I bet, after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. And then we'll move forward from there. What about, uh, I saw a report that Harry Reid stopped Kate's law from coming up for a vote in the Senate. Yeah, what um, what uh, Senator Cruz tried to do was bring up uh, the bill, which had been blocked earlier by a filibuster, I think, by Democrats, and bring it up by unanimous consent, and pretty much everything in the Senate operates that way. You can ask uh, permission to bring up any bill, and somebody can object. I don't. It wasn't Reed specifically who objected. I thought it was Senator Dianne Feinstein of California. But regardless, uh, Cruz yesterday uh, tried to uh, get a little attention on that on the floor and tried to bring up that bill, uh, referring to Kate Steinle there and the the sanctuary cities. But uh, as of right now, there's no way they're going to get a vote on that in the U.S. Senate anytime soon. Again, it's another reflection of if you don't have 60 votes, 
you're not going to be able to move forward on things that you want to. How do they continue to justify protecting these sanctuary cities? Uh, they just simply that. Ar- argue that uh, you know that th- there shouldn't be any effort to strip money from these cities. They've got the votes right now to do it. The Democrats do. There's more than uh, more than 50 votes right now to block that. So, you know, and look, it's just one of those many things. And uh, for the Republicans to change that dynamic, a they need to win the White House, and b they need to add some seats in the Senate next year. Well, I hope it gives some people some encouragement because it doesn't make any sense and a lot of people don't agree with it. And it's all about the money, like you said, uh, when it ought to be about, you know, what's what's going to make it safer for a whole lot of people. Well, very good, Jamie. Thanks a lot for being with us See today. You,